This is the Physical Activity Researcher Podcast, a podcast for researchers of sedentary behavior, physical activity, and sports. Join for a relaxed dialogue about research design, practicalities, and, well, anything related to research. Learn from your fellow researchers useful and relevant information that does not fit into formal content and limited space of scientific publications. And here is your host, researcher and entrepreneur, Ollie Tikkanen. Welcome, everyone. We have a super relevant and timely episode, as today is the day for the publication of International Society for Physical Activity and Health's Eight Investments that Work for Physical Activity. And we have a chance to have a chat with the very people behind the document, Dr. Lindsay Rees and Matthew McLaughlin. Matthew is doing his PhD at the University of Newcastle Australia related to health service delivery in large physical activity program in schools. He is the chair of the communication committee at ISPA. Lindsay holds a PhD in health and medical psychology and is working as a principal researcher at University of Sydney. Lindsay has extensive experience in applied research and evaluation specializing in physical activity, sport, and public health. Within her current role as a research fellow at the University of Sydney's Prevention Research Collaboration, she is the director of the Sprinter Group, an innovative research partnership with the Office of Sport. Lindsay is visiting the podcast for the second time, and I really recommend checking the episode related to PA comms and policy. Ladies and gentlemen, Please welcome our guest, Dr. Lindsay Rees and Matthew McLaughlin. Welcome, Lindsay and Matthew. Hi, Ollie. Hi, Ollie. Thanks. Thanks for having us back again. Yeah, great to have you. So, so we have been talking about the document and eight investments. Should we go through what are the eight eight investments that that work for physical activity? Sure. I'll let Lindsay kick off with this one. Yeah, so I'll um this is a bit of a memory test, I'll see if I can go through them in order. Um so uh the I would say the first the so number one in the document is the whole of school programs. Um so this talks to a lot around the education. Um it talks about um building in multi-component programs throughout um throughout schools. So we have no, and then we have number two, which is active travel. And this really is thinking about integrating because a travel occurs in most people's everyday lives. It's about um, looking at active ways to to travel and, and commute. Then we have number three, which is active urban design. Um, and this really draws on a lot of international evidence and the recent Lancet series on urban design and transport. Um, and that's really focusing on um, building active, healthy cities. And then number four, uh, we have primary health care. So this really talks to um, primary care based interventions, um, whether that's focusing on physical activity alone or um, focusing on other risk factors such as um, tobacco control or um, cardiovascular disease. And just because we're a partnership uh, for number four, uh, number five, sorry, I will throw to Tepi to take you through the rest. <laughs> Love it. Um, yeah, so the... the, the... <laughs> Fifth one is public education, including mass media. And so this one's looking at, uh, and even the imagery that we've used in the document um, just really stands out is, is that 
um, overarching strategy that can be linked to quite a few of the other investments around communicating physical activity messages. Um, and there's a combination of approaches that can be used for that. And there's evidence of which ones work and don't work that are included within that investment. The sixth one is the one that Lindsay and I worked on, which is the sport and recreation for all. And I think um, sport has had a, a big shift over the last um, few years in terms of the participation has shifted from organized sport to more um, social and um, less organized sport, which is acknowledged in the document. And it talks about the different benefits of sport, not only to the health benefits, but also identifies those other benefits to other sustainable development goals uh, really clearly. The seventh one is workplaces. So this one has a similar to the school's approach talks about kind of workplace health programs and what can be done and really like the imagery on this one of people stretching before work is uh, as an example there of kind of a workplace health program. And then the final one is community wide programs, um, which is a concept that often gets a little bit muddled with systems based approach. Um, but community wide programs is about offering more than one thing to tackle physical inactivity and that in a more uh, in a combined approach. So it's there's some really great evidence cited within within each of them. Um, but I think the the eight investments, they target different settings. So you've got the schools, you've got the workplaces, and you've got the healthcare, which is one, four and seven uh, investment. But then you've also got the sport. And then you've got that kind of built environment around active transport and built environments, uh, urban design. So I think they they really do cover all levels of that or more levels of the ecological model. They don't just focus on the individual. They definitely focus more on uh, the environment as well, which is obviously key. Yeah, and and they talk to um, so they talk to the different settings, and they also talk to different parts of the population. So it really does give you that life course approach from you know children and young people coming from the school settings right up to you know workplaces and, and adulthood, and then you know it really does give you that life course approach. And I think one of the key questions we often get asked is you know is the one to eight in a hierarchy? So truly prioritize schools over community wide? Is that why you've got one to eight? Um, and I can definitely, you know, bust that myth and say that's not the case at all. Um, each investment is equal. Um, the decision around prioritizing which ones to focus on, if you, you know, can't possibly do all eight in your, if that's, if that is the case, it's about choosing in your, looking at your local area and choosing which investment, you know, applies for you at that moment in time. Um, so that really does depend on your context and your environment. Um, so my advice to everyone looking at this is there isn't a hierarchy. It's dependent on your local context um, and it's choosing which one is a priority for you in your area. Mm. So there's there's a lot of stakeholders, a lot of levels. You have healthcare, you have urban designers, you have media, you have workplaces. So so many stakeholders how how can you get all these stakeholders to see read and act based on on this document it's quite quite challenging i would i would guess 
It is a challenge, um, and it's that's one of the reasons why ISPA's taken, you know, ISPA has this global presence, and it's one of the reasons why we have the eight investments document. It's also why we call, you know, everyone everywhere to, to really join the conversation and be advocates because just like there's no single solution, there's no single person or there's no single setting or there's no single um, investment that's going to work. So we need to unite everybody, recognising that that is a challenge, but that's one of the reasons why ISPA um, is such a wonderful organisation that it really brings people together to try and get that consensus. Um, So one of the ways of overcoming that is to join the conversation, learn from each other, share, um, share knowledge and insights, share what works and equally what isn't working, um, because that's really important. And that's the by having those open conversations, which ISPAR is providing the platform to do that, this document through social media um, and the hashtag eight investments um, really does give you a platform to have a voice, but also to listen to others as well around the world. Um, and hopefully by bringing everyone together to share, we can then advance it and learn from each other. Yeah, I think adding to that, it's look back back to what Lindsay was saying earlier about everyone being an advocate, which means that everybody's kind of helping with sharing this message and um, advocating for it. Of course, advocacy goes beyond the the sharing, um, but that's the kind of a nice first step. Um, mm. And that's why it's really important that we get as much traction as we can um, with the uh, hashtag eight, the number eight, uh, and then investments on social media. So people can check that out. Um, I'm sure there'll be a big blast today on social media. Yeah, but, I, but Ollie, it's a, that's a really important point because it's not easy. Um, and, you know, and to listeners out there, all of us, as much as, you know, this document gives you some of the solutions, we recognise that this isn't easy. If it was easy, um, we'd be doing this a lot earlier. Um, so if you're out there and, and you're struggling and you think, I'm continue to have the conversations, hang in there because... Um, we are all in it together. Um, we will have good days, we'll have bad days. Um, so that's why it's so important that we come together and, and have these conversations because um, this stuff isn't easy. This podcast is sponsored by Fibian. Fibian is an accurate sitting and physical activity tracking device and analysis platform. It is a great tool for projects that aim for behaviour change in sedentary behaviour and incidental physical activity. Fibian provides easy-to-understand PDF and web browser reports for participants. Other features include comparisons to recommendations, linking results to health risks, achievement cards, and interactive goal-setting tool. In addition, Fibian provides an API that allows for easy integration to other systems and applications. Learn more about Fibian at fibian.com research. Fibian from researchers to researchers. I wanted to ask about the level of, of evidence, if I play play devil's advocate, some advocacy here. So if if somebody is kind of uh, skeptic about these, everybody's advertising that what they are promoting, it brings the return on investment and so on. What is the evidence of these eight investments that they really, really work and, and bring return on on investment there's some really strong evidence cited within each of the investments um 
And uh, I, I, I love the, the use of the word devil's advocate because that's really important um, because it is important that we are sharing the right investments. Uh, and these investments have all have come from the consensus within uh, ISPAR and it's they, they do cite some really great evidence. And like I say, that evidence has updated since the seven investments, but a lot of the evidence was there 10 years ago. Uh, for these investments. So um, I, I would just say that if people do have kind of a questions about the strength of the evidence that they, you know, they can go and take a look at what what's cited and there's some really useful citations in there for people wanting to know what's the best evidence and, and what's cited. And I think it's important to mention that, you know, different investments have got different levels of evidence. Um, I know from you know working across sport, for example, um, sport is in a very different place to you know when you look at the evidence around primary care and and the benefits of physical activity for prevention of chronic disease. Um, we're still working really hard to understand the role and contribution that sport has in that space. Um, but there is overwhelming evidence to suggest that being physically active um, can prevent, manage, and treat chronic disease. It can you know save the economy, it has societal benefits, that is, there's overwhelming evidence that that's the case. What we need to now focus on is supporting people um, to really challenge the inequities that exist within physical activity. Um, the Global Action Plan for Physical Activity also is an excellent point for raising awareness of the evidence, and that talks to the inequities that still exist. So we still recognise that there are gaps in the evidence, and we need to generate the science for how we get more of the um uh, inequities in participation a little bit closer so how we focus on getting more women and girls physically active how we look at low and middle income countries um, how we look at people living with a disability so we recognize that there are gaps um, but I think it's important that we come back to the position of we know that being physically active on a regular basis has numerous co-benefits for beyond health um, that's just my bias which is why I, I, I draw on those but um it's, we would be naive to say that this has got the evidence for everything. There are elements where it's growing, but we have to remember that there is overwhelming consensus that being physically active is, um, is, is positive. And I think one more thing to add to that is that there, there is no single solution. So looking at them in isolation is um, not what we're asking people to do. It's about kind of combining the, the eight investments and as Lindsay talked to earlier about combining the ones that are feasible within your setting, your community, your um, influence circle uh, to see what, see, see what will work in your setting. And if mm. there are research ideas, you know, if people are listening and um, ISPO is really keen to, you know, to, to engage the research community. So we want to hear all the positive work on how people are using the eight investments within um you know, their, their areas and we want to hear from people how they're using it. We want to hear about the good research that's happening to inform, you know, the next iteration. So um, that's I think that's where the eight investments we hope can be a really good platform to have those conversations and, and share the knowledge and insights. Mm. And and if we still stay a small moment in, in the evidence, how how is the evidence in this, this kind of case you are you are talking about systems approach? So is the evidence from certain countries or or destinations where 
something have worked or is it more like interventions or how 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 does it work how does this kind of research work when it's really complex and and a systemic thing so i think as, as tapit alluded that there, there are um there is a synthesis of evidence within each of the investments um and obviously that speaks to that particular area so if for example we were looking at active travel um that particular investment draws on a lot of evidence from belgium and france um whereas for example within sport it draws on um literature from around the world some australian evidence so i think that's a difficult question because every investment has slightly different evidence um in terms of the quality the level the the, the area but um every author of each of the sections has a very systematic and robust approach to reviewing the evidence um all of the co-authors for each of the sections are internationally recognized in their own right um and i think they really do jump into the detail about the evidence in the podcast so i would definitely signpost people to the website and if there's a particular investment where you're really interested in the evidence and how that came about then i i would really recommend people listen to the authors of each section um because i think that's really key but i think to tebby's point this isn't around um you know this is no means a you know a fully extensive literature review or there's um you know we haven't published all of that um it, that's rigorous behind it but i think it's important to recognize that this is a collective body of work that really is around translating the evidence into into policy and practice mm, and i think it goes back to the the earlier point around providing a consensus on what works is really important so i know that um the dom shall we say of uh, physical activity advocacy over the last few years um professor trevor shilton who uh, led this document it always uses the uh, an anecdote which i think is really useful that if you phone up anybody that works in tobacco control um the the leading experts they'll all give you the same answer as as to what works to, con to control tobacco and this this document goes somewhat for physical activity towards getting towards a stage where we we are in a similar place where we try and have a, a consensus on the things that should be invested in to improve physical activity so uh, just as an example if you go into one of the investments it isn't strictly prescriptive as to exactly which part works so under the active travel for instance it doesn't say at the micro level it is this specific design of cycle path that works of course there are different things um different levels of evidence for things within each of the investments as well um but i think it's important that what the document's trying to do is provide a consensus on the areas for investment so in the different settings so that the schools the workplaces healthcare and sport but also um in across the the environment as well so those built environment and urban design and transport systems as well as the public education stuff as well so i think it's about the consensus and that's where this document's real strength is sure and i think it's around um applying this within your own context because it would be inappropriate for a global document to come out and say every school around the world needs to do x 
or um, the sports sector with every world. Every context and every environment is very different. So the purpose of this document is to provide a consensus. So we know what works when we're looking at having physical activity conversations, and then it's around translating and adapting it in your own context. And I think that is really important. Yes, and and so you are you are talking about the document and it's it's about 20 page document but you also have other resources available for people could you tell more about different resources and who who those are directed to sure so you know it's it's easy to say um that you know we've both said it on this podcast that everybody should be an advocate uh but you know people need to know and I certainly was one of those people that kind of needed the tips on how to advocate. So in our website, and I'm sure we can provide the link for that within the show notes, the the, the document is up there in the six United Nations languages. So we've already um, commissioned some translations. We also have a full advocacy toolkit. And within that advocacy toolkit, we look at three things. We look at share endorse and feedback and in the share section we've provided things like a social media toolkit template letters for you to send to your stakeholders and your colleagues we've got our media release up there we've got a powerpoint presentation that you can use to discuss with um, colleagues and stakeholders so we've really tried to support people to talk about these eight investments um, and so that's within the share section within the endorse section and lindsay said before both lindsay and i uh, were on the australian time zone of have endorsed the document already and so you can go to the website and as an individual you can endorse the document and also as an organization you can endorse the document and we'll be listing those on the on the website of the people that have endorsed and finally it's about feeding back and letting ISPAR know how you've used this document, how you're advocating for physical activity in your setting, in your uh, environment, your bubble, whatever you want to call it, your circle of influence. Um, and, and they're the three calls, uh, they're the calls to action. So share, endorse, feedback, and of course, always using the key hashtag when we're on social media, eight investments. There's also a really great animation. I mean, Tepi's done a wonderful job of just going through all the um, resources and there are lots out there. And if we have missed something, feel free to give us feedback. And if you feel that there's something else that you think, you know, you would like out there and, and might that might help others. So feel free to share your tips and ideas. Mm. So, so to recap, uh, we will have the link in the show notes and you would like the listeners to go there, share, endorse and give feedback about the document and the and the resources did i get it right absolutely yeah and of course read read the document um is our is our first one so uh encourage people to read it in their language of their choice of the six united nations languages and then uh share endorse and feedback so we invite you ollie to also do the same so we welcome you to have a little read uh, endorse and share it with all your listeners too 
I, I, I will definitely do that. And we talked with Matthew about other ways also of uh, communicating this, but we will, we will see those, those later. Uh, is there anything else you would like to add of these eight, eight investments in the, in the discussion? Just that it's been a really great process to get to this stage and um, a great team effort by all of the people that have worked on the document and also the advocacy kit and website uh, is part of a volunteer organization and everybody's really pulled together um, to produce this consensus document. I, I second that. This really is a, a team effort and it's been an absolute delight to be a part of the process. Um, and yeah, as much as me and Tepi are here talking to you today, it really is um, a team effort. So um, yeah, we just want to acknowledge everyone's kind of hard work passion and commitment to getting this to talk it to where it is um and we're excited to see where it goes mm. and and how how do you see now these are are the updates for 2016 so i don't know if it's the time in 2024 to make the make the next ones if you if you try to predict the future what do you think will be different in the in the next versions is there something that's going to come come up in in the in future in next years oh that's a very tough question the, the the just to highlight the previous one was in released in 2011 so we have given it um almost 10 years since the the last one but for the future i think that's a, a really different difficult question i don't know whether you've got any thoughts on that lindsay that is a tough one i think to be honest, with the launch today, I think this one's enough for the minute. I think I need a lot as much as we talk about physical activity. I think I need to lie down. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, I think probably I would see, um, or I'd like to see, a real um, concerted effort to support advocacy in a evidence-based way. I think we could do, uh, whether it will be an investment piece, I'm not sure, but I would personally like to see some support for advocacy training and um, some uh, resource, more resources. Because I think, you know, coming from my personal background, we haven't, I've never been trained in advocacy, um, you know, haven't necessarily, you know, I'm learning the skills as we go along. Um, so I'd personally like to see a bit more training and support for advocates. Um, and I think for me, it's also building the knowledge base around systems and of how we evaluate systems. I know there's some excellent work going on in the UK around that at the minute, um, but I think there'll be a growing evidence base for the implementation and the evaluation of systems and what that means and what that looks like um, within physical activity. Whether there'll be investments, I'm not sure, but in terms of where the evidence is going in, in the physical activity space, I would personally like to see, um, that's where my, I kind of personally think it may head um, but yeah, that's a tough question. Um, maybe ask us that in a little bit of time when we have a chance to lie down. Yeah, apologies <laughs> for <laughs> throwing you under the bus, but yeah. no, it's all good, Ollie. I've been on here before. <laughs> yeah, I I think you are you are doing amazing work. I think it's it's a really important document, and I think it's important to see this kind of uh, kind of bigger picture because earlier I think. It's many times like researchers doing some certain area and trying to promote those ideas, but you really bring bring together the whole whole picture and try to influence a lot of stakeholders. And then you also have this advocacy part, how to 
how to promote it. So congratulations for the team. I think it's it's really important work you're doing. What would be your final remarks for this episode? Mine would be a really upbeat call to action for everybody listening. It's really important that we read, share, endorse and feedback on this document. And let's get it used. Let's advance physical activity. Yeah, and I would say um, that's all we can do is try. And I would encourage everybody to be an advocate for this document. Draw on the resources that are available on the ISPAR website. Join the conversation using the hashtag eight, which is the number eight investments. And let's learn and share from each other. That Those were good final remarks. Thank you, Matthew and Lindsay, for being in the show. Thank you, Ollie. Thank you so much for having us, Ollie. Thanks for joining us this week on Physical Activity Researcher Podcast. If you like the show, make sure you never miss an episode by subscribing or following the show on Twitter. This podcast is made possible by listeners like you. Thank you for your support. If you found value in the show, we would really appreciate a rating on Apple Podcast or whichever app you're using. Or if you would, in a real old school way, simply tell a friend about the show. It would be a great help for us. We have a fantastic lineup of guests for forthcoming episodes, so be sure to tune in. Thank you all for your support and have a great day.